It's good to see you all here this morning. Uh, we are glad to welcome you to the Hoover Church of Christ. So, so happy to be together uh, on this beautiful Sunday morning. Um, and we're looking forward to a, a time of worship together. Hope your, hope your classes were beneficial and uh, that you'll find, find this time uplifting as well. Uh, what we usually do as, as we get started uh, on, on Sunday morning, uh, we, we like to focus on uh, our, our main thought for, for the morning. Uh, today, our, our, our primary thought is considering each other. We're, we're, we're talking about looking outside of ourselves um, and thinking about what we can do uh, to help others to be what, uh, what they want and need to be as well. All of us need encouragement. All of us need uh, that, that hope built up within us. Uh, and you never know, but that your presence and the word that you speak or even the look that you give to someone could, be, could make a big difference in their day uh, and the outcome of things that are going on in their lives. Um, and, and so our being there for each other is, is so very important. So as we start and as we uh, begin our worship, I want to take just a moment, give, give us all a brief moment of silence meditate or pray and then I'll lead us in a prayer and we'll begin we'll begin our worship let's let's have that moment of silence now our most gracious God we thank you for the hope that we have through you we thank you father for your guidance and your uplifting encouragement that you give us throughout our days. We thank you that you're with us, Father, when we're in the valleys, uh, when, we're, when we're down low, and we're, that you're with us when we're on the mountaintops and things seem to be going well. And uh, the one thing that is constant is your presence and your willingness to be with us. And we just pray that we, we will open ourselves up to you, that we won't run from you, but uh, that we will allow you to be with us and be for us uh, like you want to be. And we know, Father, one of the ways that you, you accomplish this is by placing people in our lives and placing us in pe other people's lives. And we, we are there for each other and we're able to uh, be your instruments of peace and of joy and we just pray lord that you'll help us to be open to those things and that we'll focus focus on on the good and on one another and it's in jesus name that we pray amen let's all be standing as we begin our worship together i'll be reading Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25 from the English Standard Version. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. 
welcome this morning. As Daryl has said, we're so glad to have all of you here, be able to worship God. And first song this morning will be 162, I'll hail the power of Jesus' name. And let's sing all four verses together. Hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth a royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth a royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Ye chosen seed. Yea, ransom from the fall. Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him, Lord of all. Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him, Lord of all. Let every kindred. seated please. Psalm of our opening prayer this morning will be 789. We'll sing this song through once and then we'll have our opening prayer.
please reverently bow as we go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we are deep thankful for this opportunity we have to assemble this morning. We're thankful, Father, for the privilege we have to sing songs of praise under your name, to worship you, to honor you. We're thankful, Father, how you've blessed our lives and our families. We pray, Father, for those continued blessings upon us. Father, we're thankful for this congregation here at Hoover. We're thankful for its leadership, its guidance, its direction. We're thankful for those that work in the mission fields, the work that they do, the results that we see. We're thankful for your word. Once it's planted in a heart, can bring forth fruit. Help us, Father, to be your servants, to live our lives for you. Help us to see, Father, that, that you have indeed loved us beyond anything we can imagine. You take care of us. You provided for us. You gave us this beautiful world in which we live. Although we struggle with physical ailments and sorrows and pain, we know that provisions are made for us. We have a hope. Our hope is in your son, Jesus Christ. That is his sacrifice once and for all. That it's in his body we can have that hope no matter what happens here on this earth. We can look to that hope that we have and know that we will have a life eternal with you where there'll be no more pain and sorrow. Give us the strength, Father, we need day to day to overcome some of the difficulties we see. We know that with you, Father, all things work for good. Although we might not understand the things that happen to us, the difficulties we face, let us put our faith and our hope in you and our trust in you and not in ourselves. That you have a plan for each and every one that sits in this audience today. And help us, Father, to see that our life has meaning, purpose, direction. And you have provided that purpose and direction through your word. And although there's a lot of other things that happen in our world that distract us, that discourage us, we can be encouraged by your word that our life does have meaning and purpose and you are still in control. Father, we pray for the sick that are listed in our care lines this morning. There are many, many that do have these struggles that we mentioned. Our prayer to you, Father, is to heal them, to bring them back to their full health, to put them back in their place and their homes and their families. But we know that it's your will, your direction for our life, and your purpose for us. But that is our prayer. 
Father, we pray that as we go through this worship service that you continue to bless us. We're thankful for these men that serve this morning. We're thankful for the opportunity we have to assemble. Help us, Father, to always remember that our relationship with you depends upon our relationship with each other. And help us work and strive to be better Christians and servants to one another that we may serve you. We pray, Father, now that you continue to bless us. These things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Now let's focus our minds and hearts on the Lord's Supper this morning, and let's sing 364. 364. We gather here in Jesus' name. His love is burning in our hearts like living flame. For through the loving Son, the Father makes us one. Come take the bread, come drink the Come share the Lord. No one is a stranger here. Everyone belongs. Finding our forgiveness here. We
we have a few minutes this Sunday morning to set aside the things that are going on in the world, to focus our hearts and our minds on Jesus Christ. And the beauty of this, we do this once a week as we're commanded to, and it helps us reflect on what a great gift that God gave in his son Jesus Christ for us. And that ugly, cruel death that he, he died was meaningful, and that resurrection that was there gives us hope that this isn't, this isn't everything, that we have the hope of eternal life. And we, we thank Jesus for this great gift, and we're going to partake of these emblems to remember that great gift. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we're so very thankful for, for you sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to, to take on flesh, to live in this world, but to show us perfection, to show us the way that you want us to live. And Father, we know that, that he died that death that was just cruel and unimaginable uh, because both of you love us so very much that, that he wanted to give us a path to you, and we're so thankful that, for that. Father, as we prepare to partake of this bread, we, we pray that we can focus on Christ's body that was hung on the cross, that was, that was beaten, that was bruised, that was torn apart for us. Father, help us take of this in a, in a worthy manner, and it's through Christ we pray these things. Amen.
Let's bow again. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you again thanking you for this communion, this opportunity to reflect on the death, burial, and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ. We're so thankful that, that he loved us so much to go to the cross and shed his blood and, and, and die for us to have forgiveness of sins and ultimately to have that opportunity to live eternally with you. Father, as we prepare to partake of this cup, uh, fruit of the vine, that it's a representation of the blood that he shed. Help us do so in a way that is pleasing and acceptable on your side. And it's through Christ we pray these things. Amen. As the song we just sang says that we're now a family and the Christ is ahead. And as a family, we support each other and we encourage each other. And we now have an opportunity to, to provide.
provide support uh, through how we give. The church does a, many wonderful things, and, and how we give, and we give in a cheerful way, in a, in a liberal way, helps us add to that family and helps us spread the word, the good news, the gospel to others that might not have the opportunity to, to hear it. It also helps us support those locally that, that just need help, and it's a great way for us to for our lights to shine and, and be that beacon of hope for those in the community. So let's give thanks for the, the, for the offering. Our Heavenly Father, we're, you've blessed us so. We're, we're so blessed in, in so many ways. Obviously, you've blessed us spiritually by, by sending your son, Jesus Christ, to this earth and to give us hope. And you've, you've blessed us materially. We live in a, a very prosperous nation where we are afforded many things that others around this world are not, are not uh, blessed with. Father, we have a, an opportunity now to, to give back to the works of this congregation here to, to help support those here locally, but also to, to help give hope and opportunity to those outside of this country to hear the gospel that, that may not have had that otherwise. Fathers, we pray, uh, as we pray for this collection, as this, for this offering, that we pray for those that oversee it, that you give them wisdom to, to use this in a, in a way that You'd want them to. We, we pray your blessings on all those who give and, and help, them, help them give liberally and cheerfully to you. And it's through Christ we pray these things. Amen. Psalm encouragement will be 924, 924. The song we'll sing before the lesson this morning will be 448, 448. And we'll sing this song, um, once all the parts come in on this song, then we'll sing it through twice. Would you please stand as we sing this song together? Love one another.
Good morning again. Uh, again, want to welcome you here to Hoover. Uh, wonderful singing. Thank you, Kyle, and thank you for all who led uh, in the worship thus far this morning. Uh, it's just a wonderful opportunity that we have to honor our Creator, uh, to open our hearts to Him and to each other, uh, and to enjoy the bond of fellowship that we have as Christians. If you're visiting with us, we want you to know that we're glad you're here. Uh, we are, are uh, we strive to be a loving, friendly church. Um, this is a it's a good body. It's a good family. Uh, we enjoy being around each other, and and uh, we try to be there for each other. And it, it, it's a it's a wonderful support. And so, if you're looking for a church home, we'd we'd love to for you to consider Hoover. Uh, but if you're visiting with us again. Glad you're here. Come back anytime. From time to time, someone will ask me, um, "What are you know? What are you doing with the youth? What what kinds of things do you have going on? What's and and then primarily uh, on a deeper level, what is the focus for uh, the direction that we're taking as we try to guide our young people?" Uh, most of you know I'm, 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 that I work with the 6th through 12th grade and their families as the youth and family minister. And so uh, we, uh, we have a lot of things going on for that age group. If you, are, uh, if you fit in that demographic, we would love to have you be a part of the things that we do together. But I'll, I'll be asked um, you know, by, by well-meaning and genuine people you know, what... What direction are we heading? What kinds of things are we, are we doing? So I know that if a few ask, uh, if a few are wondering, then probably many more uh, wonder the same things. And, and so this isn't a, a list of the things that we do, but what I decided to do is to share with you some of the things that we introduced last weekend at our youth and family retreat. Um, some of our families were not able to be there and... Uh, and again, many of you I know would be interested in, in our focus. And so I'm going to share some of the thoughts from, uh, that we introduced at that retreat uh, over the next few minutes. And perhaps as you hear the focus and as you hear the direction that we're trying to head, you'll be able to think of ways that you can encourage our young people uh, to, uh, to head in this direction as well. Um, you'll probably see some teenagers and maybe some adults walking around with uh, wearing some blue t-shirts with a Greek word on the back. Um, and I have t-shirts for all the 6th through 12th grade, so come see me and I'll give you a shirt. Um, but the word, uh, the word that you'll see on the back of that shirt, and I, and I hope I'm pronouncing it right now. I looked up how to pronounce it, but I'm not a Greek scholar. I didn't even take Greek in college. I took Hebrew because that was what my schedule allowed me to do. Um, but you'll see people walking around with this word on the back, of the word is katanoeo. Um, and this is the Greek word for consider. Now I'm looking for all the teenagers to be nodding and mouthing the things that... Oh, there they are. Uh, mouthing what I'm, what I'm saying because they should know some of this. Uh, but the word katanoeo is used 14 times, other times in the New Testament, uh, other than the one that we're going to focus on. Uh, 
Uh, Jesus said, Jesus used the word uh, consider or kata noeo uh, as he talked about the lilies. Consider the lilies, how they are clothed. Consider the birds of the field. Um, he, he, he said, he used the word when he talked about the beam or the, the, um, the splinter in another person's eye. When we have a beam in ours, consider the beam in our own in our own eye. Um, Hebrews 3.1, we are to consider, to katanaweo Jesus. Wow. You know, to, to the depth of, of Christ, our Savior, and we are we're asked to consider Him. And, and so you see the Word starting to take shape in it, and it, it, it bringing a meaning maybe more than when we say to someone, hey, consider this. Uh, maybe, maybe there's more to it uh, than, than just that. Uh, we're to consider or to look at our faces uh, in the mirror, as James 3 uh, says. So, so we look at this word and we see the meaningful thought it seems to encourage. Uh, and that is what we're going to do. And I want to, we're going to talk some of it today about what we're encouraging our young people to consider and to meditate Upon. So it brings us to our theme verse for our youth ministry for this year. And it's Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Let us consider, katanaweo, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. So let me challenge you this morning in the same way that I've challenged our young people and their families to, uh, to let this be a focus for you in your life as a Christian this year. What are you doing with your life? What is, what's your overall purpose? Do you, when you wake up in the morning, perhaps you are the kind of person who says to yourself, today my hopes for myself and for my accomplishments are thus, and I'm going to, I want to accomplish these things, and I want to be this way, and I want these things to happen around me. You know, when I ask you, what are you doing with your life? I'm asking, what is it that you want to happen as a result of your existence? What difference do you want your life to make? Um, and again, maybe you look at your life, maybe you look at life this way in, in a very deliberate sense, or in, a, in a very deliberate way, or maybe you are the kind of person who likes to sit back and allow life to come and happen to you. Um, but I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you not to do the latter. I want to encourage you not to be, uh, not to be the kind who lets, just lets life happen without, uh, without deliberate purpose. And one of the reasons is that if, if we don't have a deliberate purpose, if we don't look at life in this way where we're looking for what we plan to do with our lives and what we hope our lives to affect on the world around us, then we can't depend on God to walk with us through those plans and through uh, that focus. We can't look for God and His presence in what has happened in our lives and what will happen um, if, if we're not deliberate in the way that we live. 
It's clear to me in, in this passage that we're going to look at this morning in Hebrews 10 that God means for us to aim uh, consciously at something significant in our lives. He wants us to have a purpose. He wants us to have a focus. Well, in Hebrews 10.24, it says, Consider one another. Let's read it. Verse 10, Hebrews 10.24, Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good works. So the verse says, in, in our English translations, let us consider how to, uh, how to stimulate or uh, motivate one another to love and good works. But in the Greek, the direct object uh, of consider is one another. So consider one another would be a more accurate way of saying this phrase. And here, here's a primary focus for our, lives, our lives as Christians. Um, I think it's significant to point out here that the focus is not consider how to love each other and consider how to do good works. Now those are right and those, those are things that we do, but that's not what's said here and I think that there is a significant reason for that. It's consider how to stimulate each other and to... Uh, to build each other up toward love and to good works. So we're asked to focus on helping others become loving people. And we're asked to aim at stirring others up to do good works. And, and of course, it might should be said here that if, if others need building up, if others need pushing in this direction, then you do too or I do too. And so as we build one another up toward these things, as we stir one another up in these directions, we're also fueling them to help us to accomplish what we need to uh, as children of God. So the aims of our, aim of our lives is not just loving and doing good deeds. Um, it, it's not just being a good person. Um, but it's, it's outwardly focused, helping to stir others up toward love and good deeds. And so this is the call for everyone. It doesn't matter if you're young or old. Um, it doesn't matter um, what you have accomplished or what your talents and skills are. We're all called to consider one another, you know, to think about one another, to, to focus on one another. Study one another. Let, let our minds and our hearts be occupied with thoughts of one another. And the goal of this focus on others is to think of ways to stir them up toward love and good works. Our lives are fluid. Um, on some days or some weeks, we feel like we're on the top of the mountain. Um, things, are, things are going well. We... we love life, we're, we're happy, we're fulfilled. And then other times uh, we get up and feel aimless and we ask questions like, what's the point? You know, um, why, why do I have to go to school? Why do I have to go to work? Um, and, and all these other things that I fill my life with. And, and on those times where it doesn't feel like there's any point or any focus, I think it's important for us to go back and to find God's will for us and His focus for us. And this is one of those places 
where we can find such, such, such a focus. Um, when, I, when I get up in the morning, I should have it on my mind to consider others, to deliberately meditate and think about others and how I can affect them for good. And with this conscious goal, um, you know, what can I do today to stir up the love and the desire to do good in someone else? And, and there's a reason to live and focus, you know, to live and focus every day in this way. Um, and and there's, a, there's a reason to live when, when we have others on our mind because there are always going to be others around us and there are always going to be ways that we can figure out how to help them. Um, we know every day is new and different, but people are different. Um, and not just, uh, not just you meet a person once and then that's, that's who they are and, and you know them for the rest of your life and they don't change. We know that people change. And so as I'm considering how to stir up my, the people that I'm around to love and good works, I am uh, realizing that they may not be the same tomorrow or, or a year from now or 10 years from now. They, they are going to change and, and we can help them uh, and be there for them and with them and realize that, they're, you know, that they, uh, are, uh, they are changing as well. Their circumstances change. You change in the way that you help people. Um, but the call remains the same, to consider these people that you're going to be around today. Um, what are they like? What, what do they need? How will you encounter them and, and what will the situation be like? Um, and then a question occurs to me, what helps a person to become more loving? How can I encourage a person uh, to become more loving? What, what's the origin of genuine good works or good deeds that a person might do? Well, let's look at the text and notice just a couple things that we can do to accomplish this, how we can stir one another up to love and good works. Verse 24 gives us the focus and the aim. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good works. Then verse 25 gives us instructions. How? Uh, it says, not forsaking your own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another Two things. First, don't neglect to get together. And second, encourage one another. And I don't know about you, but this verse 25, when I was growing up and uh, so often I've heard this passage simply used as a proof text that people should come to church. People should gather and worship. Don't neglect the, the uh, or forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. So this idea that, well, this is... You know, this verse is about telling people to come to church. And, and that's not wrong. It's not wrong to look at this as an encouragement uh, and, and a command even to assemble together. And some of the greatest encouragement that we can get obviously comes from great preaching like Chuck does uh, here for us on a regular basis. And, and we, we wouldn't get that if we don't come together um, and, and if we don't if we don't gather and aren't present. But in context, the kind of coming together seems to be 
one where the members encourage each other. It's more than just entering the building. Uh, there is a mutual encouragement, something mutually beneficial that's going on. And, and you know, I, I'm encouraging you and you're encouraging me and together uh, we're building one another up. So it is more than just showing up to church meetings. Um, and, and one of the things that I would, I would equate this to, or one of the things that we do at Hoover that, that I would say helps this mutual building up as much as anything else is, is the Brothers Keepers groups and the other small group setting activities that we do uh, together. I think preaching is wonderful. I, I think that we get so much of what we need in our spiritual lives from preaching, but I don't believe that that is all that we need. I, I don't think that that's the only thing that is needed in the life of a believer. Uh, the New Testament, especially the book of Hebrews, calls us again and again to this kind of mutual ministry that involves all believers encouraging each other and being there for one another. So. You might ask yourself in a practical sense, where do I stand in regards to this idea of utilizing my, my attendance at church uh, gatherings? How, how am I using that for uh, mutually building up uh, my, my fellow Christians? Or am I using it in that way? Um, or am I, am I even present? Because again, it does go back to that simple uh, and basic principle of you, if you neglect the gathering, if you neglect the times when you will be together, then how can you build each other up? Uh, you can't because we won't be, we won't be together. Um, but where are you on the, in this verse? There are those who gather to encourage each other, and then there are those who have formed a habit of not gathering. And then a third maybe group of those who would gather but, but are not looking to encourage are simply there maybe to check a box or um, maybe just don't know how, uh, haven't figured out how to encourage. Yeah, so that little phrase in verse 25, not forsaking our own assembling together, um, not participating uh, in some of these opportunities to encourage. Uh, how are you doing in that area? Yeah, is that something that you struggle with? And um, I, I think it is, I think it is, understood across the board that there are there are things that would pull us away from those meetings there are times when it's harder to be there uh, and there are times when when things are going to come up and are going to prevent us but our desire should always be uh, to be together uh, and and to let that opportunity of being together be an opportunity to encourage so the last question as we're getting ready to close um, I was going to take a minute. I don't want you to think I'm like fixing to sit down right this second. But <laughs> what kind of encouragement stimulates others to love and good deeds? What kind of encouragement um, stirs us up to love one another more and then to want to do good things or right things? Now, you know, it's not even obvious Maybe to us sometimes, and it's certainly not obvious to people outside of the body of Christ, that the answer of this, to this question has anything at all to do with God. Um, the, the answer to the question, what stirs people up to love and good works, 
doesn't, necess- doesn't always uh, make a person think about our Creator. A lot of people think that good deeds, um, you know, love and good deeds are just a good thing to seek after. Um, many, many, would, many would think that just you know, encouraging each other in general is a way to make them love you more and love others more perhaps and then to, to want to do good for others. You know, the idea of paying it forward. You know, I, I love, I love uh, seeing folks do good things for others and then for that to be, you know, paid forward and, and, and them to want to do something good. But even, again, even people who don't see Jesus or don't call Jesus Lord um, may see things this way, that this is the best life. And, and so many of the things God would have us to do are or all of the things God would have us to do are beneficial to us. Um, and so it, doesn't, it makes perfect sense that others would see this as a good way to live. But sometimes in the church, we can be known as, and sometimes we can be guilty of, uh, existing primarily to heighten the self-esteem of our church members. Uh, sometimes it might, it, it can seem like, and sometimes it can be like, and I don't think this is, I don't think this is right. That our main focus is just to build ourselves up. You know, we we come to worship to be built up. We 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 come to the activities that the church uh, that the church holds that will build us up. Um, and I don't think, again, that there's anything wrong at all with that encouragement or that being built up. But the, but the key to encouraging love and good works in, in a biblical way is given in verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So the key to love in the New Testament... Uh, is rooted in the faithfulness of God. The key to our loving one another and our helping others to love more and love better is found in the faithfulness of God. As we embrace the hope that God promises us and wants us to have, as we cherish this hope of of a life beyond the troubles of this world and we aim toward that reward of heaven, we do those things because God is faithful and because He keeps His promises. And as we live that hope and as we bring it into the fiber of our being and we let it become a part of our everyday conversations and we don't let an opportunity pass us by to let others know that our God loves us, our God walks with us through even the valley of the shadow of death. And I want you to know that God as well. Without that kind of hope carrying us through, without grabbing hold of that hope with our whole heart, all the hard times and the disappointments begin to pile up. And how would we find the strength to encourage anyone else to love or to do good if we don't have a good grasp of this hope ourselves. If our confidence is in God, not in ourselves, we always have something 
encouraging and hope-giving to say. We can say God can be trusted. God can be trusted. I have no strength, but God can be trusted. And when we don't just say that, but we truly believe it and we live it, uh, people see that in us. And they begin to ask, what, what do they have? What, what do they uh, hold on to that keeps them going through uh, the storms of life? Let me close with, actually close, with an illustration that comes nine verses later in, in Hebrews chapter 10. Um, and I want to ask you this question. How would you try to encourage and sustain the love of this church if some of our members, because of a hostile attitude toward faith, some of our members were gathered up and taken off to prison uh, in a hostile environment uh, and to, to go to them or to see about them would be risking our own lives and our own freedom. H how would we go about sustaining love and good works in that environment? And that's what happened here in the book of Hebrews. The rest of the group knew that if they went to visit, if they went to visit the rest of their, their brethren who were in this jail, uh, they would be in big trouble. Um, you know, look at verses 34 uh, through 35 of Hebrews 10. It says, You showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property. So some of their number were taken away, they were afraid. How were they going to minister to them? How were they going to stir one another up to good love and good works? How were they going to avoid neglecting to gather together uh, as they'd just been as they'd just been encouraged? And the answer was they did go visit and they did get in big trouble. Where, but where did they get that courage? Where did they get that love? Uh, and the next phrase says, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and an abiding one. He said, you weren't afraid. You weren't afraid that your things would be taken because you knew you had something worth much more that abides, that cannot be taken away. Namely, that hope, that hope that you're holding fast to. You embrace this. You cherished your hope in God above the present value of things and even your life. And therefore, verse 35 says, and it's a re repetition of verse 23, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. This is what encouraged these people to risk their lives. Uh, and this is the message to take to them that will stimulate love and that will motivate toward good works. And it is that your confidence is in something that abides. Your confidence is in something that cannot be taken away. So as we've considered uh, each other, as we're, as we're motivating each other to consider one another... The last thing I want to do is to remind you to allow God to be looking for opportunities that God is taking to personally to stir you up, 
toward love and good works, to make you one who will be motivated to do this for others and who will have the strength and who will have the ability and the tools with which to encourage and to stir up and and to make these good things happen and to create this environment in the body of Christ where we are mutually uh, building each other up in these wonderful ways. It starts with our own faith and it starts with our own relationship uh, with God. And there may be those here this morning who are not Christians, who, who have not yet given themselves and submitted to the will of God. Maybe you're here and, and you know that Christ is the Son of God, and, but you simply have not taken other steps that are necessary. Maybe you're holding on to some, uh, some temptation or sin that it, that's uh, a problem for you in this life. And maybe you're not, not sure that you can, you can do it. Uh, you can live the Christian life because of this temptation. But let me encourage you not to let that stand in your way because it is through God and through His grace and His power that when we are weak, He is strong and He makes us capable of of living for Him. And then ultimately, even though we will live imperfectly for Him, we we will not be able to stand before Him justified because we didn't ever make mistakes. That won't happen. But we'll be able to stand before Him justified and righteous because He who called us is righteous. With man, impossible things exist, but with God all things are possible. And He takes us from this sinful, uh, lost, aimless state, hopeless state, and gives us a greater hope than could ever have been imagined. And it's because of what He does in us when we are willing to repent of our sins, to to be baptized in water for the remission of our sins. He walks with us and He's with us for the rest of our lives. And as long as we walk in the light with Him, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Christ cleanses us from all of our sins. Maybe you fall into that category of not having been added to the Lord's body up to this point. Or perhaps you're a Christian and and you have not been considering your fellow Christians. You have not uh, been looking for opportunities to build them up. And and you hopefully uh, have made a, a decision in your mind to make that a priority. Uh, If you need help or encouragement in any way, we pray that you'd come as we stand and sing together.
be seated, please. I'd like to take this opportunity to welcome each and every one of you to our services today, to our members and visitors alike, and want to invite everyone to stay for our fellowship dinner, our fifth Sunday fellowship dinner, immediately after services downstairs. Uh, and there will be a change in the order of services today. Immediately after, after the meal, we will reassemble upstairs for a period of worship and song, which will be held in lieu of our evening service tonight. So there will be no five o'clock service tonight. Also, the food pantry will be open today from uh, uh, this afternoon from three o'clock on. And uh, those who would like to participate and volunteer to help in that, please be here at 2.30. And uh, in addition, the HIPAA uh, devotional will be held today at 3.30 uh, for those who would like to participate in that. So all the announcements I have at this time, if you will be standing, we'll have our closing song and prayer. To add to what Brother Williams has said about our pantry, food pantry today, we're asking any of you, if you can, to come and help us with that. We're in a special need of today of volunteers to come. So if you can help us uh, administer these uh, groceries to our, our neighbors here in this community, it would be greatly appreciated. So very much. We're going to sing 703 as our closing song this morning. We'll sing all three verses. And then we'll have our closing prayer. I'm going to ask the, the one who is down to lead our closing prayer to go ahead and please thank God for our food that we'll be having in just a moment together. Sing 703. I love you with the love of the Lord. I love you with the love of the Lord. I see in you the glory of my King. And I love you with the love of Love me with the love of the Lord. Please love me with the love of the Lord. If you want to do God's will, then the need you must fulfill is to love me with the love of the Lord. He loves me with the love of the Lord. He loves me with the love of the my debts were all paid when he rose from the grave, and he loves me with the love of the Lord. Would you bow with me as we go to God in prayer? Dear God, thank you so much for the opportunity that we've had this morning to assemble together, to study from your word and sing praises to your name. We pray that all that's been said and done here this morning has been fully pleasing and acceptable to you. Dear God, we recognize you as our sovereign God, the creator and redeemer of all that we know. Help us to always remember that you are in control and that you have a plan for each of us and for this world. Dear God, we pray that you will help us to consider others and to show love and, and good works and be an encouragement so that they will encourage others. Dear God, we pray that you'll be with all those that are in the care lines, those that are sick and hurting. 
pray that you will comfort not only them but their families and heal them if it's your will. We pray that you will be with us now as we go downstairs for our fellowship meal. We pray that you will bless the food to the nourishment of our bodies. Pray that you will be with us as we leave this building later today and that each of us will return home safely. Pray that you will forgive each of us of our, of our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.